All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Footy and Coffee Conversation. Here with a former teammate of mine. If you want to introduce yourself briefly. Hi, I'm Jamal Farrell, formerly former player of Sporting Christina. So, hi, you guys. Welcome to Coffee and Football. We are. Uh... I never call him Jamal Farrell. I call him Miss J. (laughs) A legendary nickname. Yeah. So, um, question to you. How do you think this um, pandemic is treating football in Finland as we speak right about now? I think think at first it was like, okay, every team shuts down. no training as a team but maybe like two weeks into it it started to get more difficult for players you know they started to you were just hitting what march 18th i think is our last training day so you were just starting to ramp up you know last couple weeks of preseason before season starts and now like you know the first two weeks you're still kind of in go 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 mode um but now it's it seems like a lot of just talking to players in general, uh, not specifically at our team, but just in general, they're kind of, it's hard to train and stay motivated when there's not a set date that games are going to start. You know, are, you're, you're ramping up to be a hundred percent ready. Is that in two weeks or in a month? Cause that is a different way you're going to prepare mentally. I think. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, also, what do you think of, um, virtually speaking to your players and doing tactics over the internet or via social media and stuff. What do you think about that approach opposed to being on the field and um, doing your set plays from there? Yeah, it's, it's not ideal at all to have to do everything. It's like, I mean, it's like you go and write something on a board for players and you say, everyone's got it. And they're all shaking their head. Yeah. Yeah. We understand. (laughs) We understand. You get out and try to run the drill for the first time. And it's like, everyone's a space cadet so i i think you can get some accomplished online but there's nothing that competes with actually being on the field and like physically acting it out as well as mentally learning whatever it is you're trying to teach at that moment so i think something that'll be interesting this year is because there's not going to be the same preseason as usual um teams that are maybe have been together longer, have an advantage because there's less new things to implement and they kind of already know what they're trying to do as a team. Whereas other teams, you know, if you think it takes two, three games to kind of get a new system under your belt, well now two, three games, if if we don't have a full season, is really going to impact the number of games left to actually, you know, do that system. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially if the seasons are cut in half, um, especially in Scandinavia, I think they're cutting all the seasons in half. So it's a, it's a do or die because most of the games are home and away. So it's it's do or, do or die. Every game is like a final because no one wants to slip up and say, oh, I'll get that team next round. It doesn't have a next round. So um, it's, I think it's how you prepare your, your players mentally also to say every game is a do or die to get, you know, a bit of consistency in the season so yeah yeah. i i'm also interested to see with uh with you know bigger games how they decide which 
team gets the home game. Cause obviously like right. that financially is another thing. Like teams are already hurting financially. And now if you're not getting, you know, a big derby that you're used to getting in that yeah. type of money coming in, that's a significant loss of money as well. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, it's, I mean, that's not only for the Scandinavian league. You'd see how UEFA is doing teams around the world. Um, I think one a league is a, a league somewhere far east, not too far east. Eastern Europe is open still, I think, in Belarus. So they are playing games without any yeah. viruses. So, so I mean, it's it's been it's been tense for all the footballers. It's frustrating because it's it's like a yoga for us as well. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what plays out next month or next few months if it even has has a season. Yeah, what are you hearing from your club in Sweden? Um, I think um, the season may start um, June 23rd. Like I said, the season has been cut in half, so they just probably have to focus on each game, not the whole season. Each game has to be one like concentration from the first minute to the last minute. So I think it's about getting players ready mentally to go through that battle. It's either do or die. And uh, don't take your foot off the pedal. And uh, I think we should see what happens at the end of the season, which will be a short, quick, boost sprint season. So yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be they, crazy. Are they talking promotion relegation still for you guys? Um, that's interesting. I haven't got information about that as yet. So um, when I speak to a coach, I would um, see what he says. Maybe he's just going to run it. And then uh, keep leagues as is, and then probably if this um, pandemic kind of flatten the curve next year, they'll probably talk promotion, relegation. But it's going to be interesting to see. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, if you if you just play half a season and you don't get a home and away, teams that get relegated are going to be complaining about that. If you mm-hmm. don't do if you don't do promotion, relegation though. Teams are going to cut contracts of higher-paying players because right. why pay them if there's no chance for promotion? You know exactly. So, so it will be it will be, it'll be very interesting. What because everyone each country has a different FA and they go about the football system and differently. So I haven't gotten any updates about the system there in Sweden. So it will be very good to know if they're really doing relegation promotion. If not, and they decide to do half season, I think honestly they shouldn't do promotion or relegation since it wouldn't be fair. Let's say I'm playing a big a team that is way better than me, home or away, or at least away, and they got more fan base, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They got money coming in, and we don't have, you know. So mm-hmm. it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, double-edged absolutely. Sword. I'm a in Finland, I don't know if, how it is in Sweden right now with finances, but a lot of teams in Finland have uh, cut contracts with most of their coaches or at least reduced salaries by you know 50%, as well as a lot of players in the last week or two um, have started to have their salaries greatly decrease. Um, I think you know that's another another area that's not maybe talked about so much, but there's a lot of money being lost. A lot of teams have spent a lot on paying players without having 
um, games and stuff. And I think what people may not realize is big clubs, you know, your Manchester United or something, they have big TV deals and they make a lot of money through that. But a lot of professional clubs make their money through sponsorship of home games and companies sponsor that because that's where the fans come. So if you have a season, but you know, they have rules of no crowds over 500 or whatever it is. Well, now the, the main way that you make money is that the game's sponsors aren't going to sponsor the game because why sponsor it if there's no fans? You're not getting ticket sales. You're not getting you know food and drink sales. So now you're still having to pay the same salary for these players, but you have very little of the same money coming in. And I don't, I don't know how clubs can uh, sustain that either for very long. Yeah. I mean, it's a slippery slope because, I mean, football is a business. Whether, what, whatever level you look at it, it's a business as well. And uh, I think some of the clubs may probably ask for a stimulus package, I think, just to get back up and rolling. Uh, some clubs don't have the ability to do that either. So they probably just have to declare bankruptcy and crash the club and replan for another year or something. Because as you rightfully said, what about the clubs only that only has two sponsors and depends on let's say 500 people to run their club or to have three foreign players come in and you pay them out of that, then there's no income coming in. So how do you even get these players to kind of prop the team up as well? So it's a hard, it's a, it's a hard decision to make as well. Um, in terms of, I think some players are, because of the love of the game, some players are just saying, you know what, let me play half season for free because, um, I know it's a it's it's a living for them as well, but also they're looking at it for the longer run, especially the, the relationship they had with the club. If it's just a business transaction, then they'll be like, all right, um, okay, no salary. Okay, well, I don't play. I look for a better team next season. But it depends on the players' relationship with the club and the board as well. It's hey, I could do I could do the rest of the season if we come to certain terms, and we could go forward with that. So that's in big clubs and small clubs also. So like I said, it will be very, very interesting coming up to because we're coming up to June, July transfer season. We would see what value, what who decreases and what value. Very, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. I'm also curious to see. I think there might be some some clubs that aren't necessarily better at football, but they're just better financially uh, with their money and they're going to get promoted and move up the rankings because these teams at the top, a couple of them I guarantee are going to drop and have to restart in the low division. So that'll right. be a, an interesting thing as well. That'd be interesting. Like it's like moving puzzle pieces. Yeah. You, you're financially strong. So you get all the players, but if your players drop and we have certain local players that could match you all, then what, you know? Yeah. So, you would see how board, the board and the presidents restructuring, not only for now, but for the next three to four years of this, because you never know when this could happen again. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the thing is this could easily happen a couple of years down the road and be another issue, the same that we're experiencing now. Have you had much uh, contact with your club during this time or have you guys been getting workouts at all or what's kind of been, they're still training, right? Yeah, they're still training. They're still training um, probably three times a week. Um, the, the guys are together still. Um, uh, there's a rule in place where if you're feeling sick, 
or you're feeling like if you have the virus, I mean, there's no social distancing. Yeah. There, obviously, it, it made the news. So um, if you're feeling sick, I think you're allowed to miss a training. I think he implemented that, but they're training as usual. And I also spoke to a friend in Vecco. They're supposed to kick off their season May the 9th. But he said they would see about that as well because he doesn't know what's happening, but they're still training. Everyone's still training in Sweden, I think. But yeah, I think I'm in contact. The uh, the thing I'm worrying about is, okay, so we start, they start seasons back up. Um, you know, you have one player test positive. Now every player on that team has to be in quarantine for two weeks. So does that mean that the games that are played in those two weeks that they're in quarantine, are they just forfeited? Because if you've already shortened the season, how are you going to make those up? And so I just, I can just see there's like domino after domino that can lead to, to issues this year that are going to be difficult to resolve. Yeah. I mean, that's if they, I mean, I don't know if the, if the government will just stop testing after they just reopen everything or I don't know how it will go because I mean, for you to start a game and just stop the game in the middle of the probably in the 35th minute and say, oh, I saw one guy coughing. Let, let me test him. And everyone has to go. I don't know how they would they would actually do that. Or even if they may have to just play close, like with no fans even. Yeah. You know, because of the social distancing thing. That is one aspect I've been thinking as well too. So I don't know. That's a good question. You know, something you something I was thinking of is, you know, obviously we shake hands before and after the game with the opposing team. Yeah. Obviously, for this season, they're not going to do that because, you know, why risk the chance of spreading it through that type of thing? But what I wonder is if that if that's kind of uh, something that's a thing of the past now. Like, are they ever going to move back to – shaking hands and things like that on the field because now they're talking you know long term of this being around in the fall this being a seasonal thing possibly would and i just i feel like you know they're saying things are changing social distancing might become the norm in our society more so so i wonder if you know things like the handshakes are just going to be given the big x i mean could be possible. Um, you could just probably do a nod or whatnot. But what I'm saying is that why would you rule out a, a, a handshake where the game is a contact sport? I could be all up under you with sweat and uh, shielding off the ball. So it's a contact sport either or. So I don't think shaking hands would be like, you know, would be a big deal because it is a contact sport. It's not like if it's tennis or something, you're, you're on the other side of the net or something like that. It's a contact sport, so it's, I don't know, it's, 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 a, it's very complicated. It will be very, very interesting to see what FIFA says about, about this, like, shaking hands and stuff, whatnot. Because I'm, I'm thinking if one player has corona and you go to a corner kick, the distance that the, you know, breathing can spread it, every single yeah. player is in the box getting it. So at that point, you've, you've just given it to both teams in a matter of one quarter kick. Exactly, exactly as well. Especially if you gotta get a guy off your goalkeeper who's trying to, you know, trying to eat. Like you know how you stand in front of the goalkeeper and you know they try to throw him off, and and he's there. He's probably gonna cough and say, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting to see, especially with the contacts for not just football, um, basketball. 
um, and other loads of contact sports. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now I want to know for you as a player in this time, because obviously coaching is completely different. Um, but I think as a player, it's so it's so different. We, you know, as players, you don't get this type of break from the team ever for this long and from training. What is what is kind of your your mental approach to it? Have you has it been difficult to you know just have to do things at home in your yard by yourself, or has it been pretty easy to stay motivated? Um, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's easy because I look at it for the long run. It's frustrating, obviously. Football is life, and I miss playing it every day against. Um, teams and training with my teammates and everything um staying motivated is the hard part of it because you don't know how it's going to swing that if it's going to have a season or even you're going to play friendly games so um training sometimes i kind of like sometimes i just relapse and be like you know what i'm training 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 but i don't want to overtrain to to peak too quick in the fitness because if the if Let's say season starts in a couple of weeks and you're you're overrun, then that would be no good for you because you have to conserve that energy because it's only half a season, mm-hmm. and each game counts with full energy. It's not like you have a long season where we could train together and have mini breaks in between. It's just going to be whoever finishes first to the sprint wins. It's a so, Usain Bolt hundred meter dash right here. Exactly. So the preparation is here and there sometimes but like getting closer to the dates then i have to mentally realize that listen i need to prepare for this and uh prepare for the sprint and conserve don't overtrain and you know keep doing stuff what i uh i also worry about for players is you know they're talking okay you can start training this set date and a lot of the things i've heard is maybe two weeks maybe three weeks of preseason before game start. And I just think the risk of injury is going to go crazy because you're not giving players enough time to get back into game shape. And then on top of that, if you're condensing the season, the games are coming quicker than normal. And so the recovery is not going to be there as well as not being in, in the correct shape. And I just think you know, especially like hamstring injuries are just going to explode this season with yeah. with how they're they're talking about doing the season. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And to add to that as well, because mentally footballers have been everyone everyone has been concentrated. We have to express ourselves, and that has been suppressed. So, picture picture a kid. You look candy away from a kid, and you just say. Oh, after a whole while, you're going to go crazy, you know? So your first game, everyone's going to be energetic, but not everyone's going to be fit, you know? Yeah. And, and as you said, hamstrings going to go, um, hip flexors going to go, major running muscles is going to go. And everyone will be in a rush to do things so quickly because you only have a short season and it needs to get stuff um, completed as well. That is why I said, I don't think they should put pressure, meaning okay, you're going to be demoted or promoted. So at least you would save um, a lot of injuries as well to the next season. Because mentally that pressure is there. Oh, I've got 15 games to get promoted. Oh, I can't lose 
so much amount of games to you know to be demoted. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot of pressure as well on the footballers. Even if you're not on contract, meaning if you're on contract, so it'd be very interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's such a strange time. I mean, there's not like one perfect answer to it. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. And then you know they talk about for some of the leagues continuing um, and trying to finish, you know, like the Premier League and all. And it's like, well, you do that, you're having the guys finish their season and then immediately start their next season oh, no. and that just seems like a recipe for disaster as well injuries just loads of injuries especially to their good players i mean the clubs with the money they have extra artillery they could they could probably house three teams to do that you know what well, well, what the teams at the bottom of the table who depends on, like again on the fans and certain sponsors to to, to fund their their club and most of these sponsors are going bankrupt because they bleed in cash as well. Yeah. You yeah, know? a lot of those companies so, are losing money right now themselves. So how do you then have any money to sponsor football when you can't even pay your employees? Exactly. So it will be interesting to see who keeps their sponsors and who doesn't because, I mean, these companies look at it as that, why should I sponsor a football club or part of a football club if... I, my business is not even doing well. I'm not going to fuck out of my personal finance to do, you know, a football club. So it'll be very interesting to see. The next three months will be very, very interesting. I, I'm just, I'm just waiting to see. Oh, I'm, I'm prepared mentally as well and physically, but I'm just wanting to see where this pendulum would swing. If it even swings or if the whole pendulum mashes up. <laughs> yeah, I've talked to some people that, you know, give me these answers of like, guarantee like a couple weeks like we'll be back to playing this that and everything and it's like maybe we will be but i just think there's you know there's so many unknowns with this that that no one can confidently say what the season will look like what it'll be like how how the fas will decide to operate you know there's this is an unprecedented experience in football so how how does anyone have confidence of how it's gonna run you know yeah because a lot of people could say one thing, but they, they're not in control of, one, the virus, two, what the government decides, and uh, three, just, uh, just the whole world population, because everyone's doing things differently. Like I said, Sweden, hardly any social distancing. People living their life normal. Next thing, let's say the world goes back to normal and Sweden is in a lockdown, <laughs> you know? And it's the total reverse. So yeah. It will be very interesting to see um, what plays over the next two months, but hopefully we could get back starting to play next month. That's 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 all you hope and all the footballers might. I need to, you know, play next month or something. Yeah, I because think that's the, the ideal. Is backed up. All the energy is backed up for not expressing itself as a footballer, like an artist or anything else. Is it's the energies you could feel it as well. I have. You know, so uh, I have a challenge I want every team to compete in. You know, there's been all these challenges on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. I have one yes. called the, the first Rondo challenge. And the first time back as a team, you have to film wow. and post your Rondo and how bad it is. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be Cause, interesting. Because everyone posts their like, you know, 35, 50 passes in a row when they're just pinging it all sharp on the ground and everything. But there's no chance that first day when guys haven't passed with another person in two months 
that they're pinging it <laughs> like that. <laughs> nah, I think some of, unless you're very, very technical and you know your ability, but you may overpower some, you make, I think most of, most of them will overcook there because it's built up so, so long. They will overcook that ball. Most players. Just stitching each other. Yeah, just overpowering. You have, you, I think for the first couple of weeks, they're going to have a lot of lost balls all over. Trust me. They're going to have to add like 10 meters of net above the goals. Yeah, exactly. To get rid of that built-up energy of, you know, social distancing and the lockdown. Yeah. So, have, you been, have you been in much contact with your teammates? Are you guys doing anything like Zoom online workouts or anything? Uh, nah. Um, most of them are just living, eating. Because I think they had a break right after the news, after the news that they need to stop training for a bit. So they just have been doing their stuff. So I think they're back in training for two weeks. But other than that, nah, we just send in Snapchat messages. And uh, I think they... They're under a good regime, so they probably, like I said, they train three times a week. And that's all I see. But obviously, coach trusts me to, to do my own thing as well, too. So, yeah, I have been in contact with all, most of them. Most yeah. Of them. How's, the, how's the traveling over to Sweden looking? Looking like you can still show up on the date of your ticket? Yeah. Um, like I said, my ticket, um, British Airways changed it. It's, I've got to, I've got it until next year so if they even if they cancel the flight from here i still got some i still got a free ticket to rebook anytime so i could always travel across there even if it's one game i miss or something so yeah but once the borders are reopened yeah i'm, I'm hitting that jet plane so. you have you have your mask picked out with your club logo for the flight over Oh, I need to talk to the president about that, <laughs> Mr. Coma himself. Dude, that's what, that's what I said, man. I was like, our club needs to give me one of the masks of Sporting Christina over it. I'll rock, <laughs> I'll rock that to the grocery store. Yeah, easily. Yeah, it should be good. I mean, I've got my personal mask, and mind you, I, I've got that mask since uh, Carnival time here, and I never changed it. So I just, I'm just using that to go to, like, shopping and... And everything else, but I don't really use it when I go for jogging as well. It's pointless. <laughs> are are it's many pointless. people nervous in Trinidad, or how's kind of the overall people's reaction down there to it? Oh, yeah. It's panic land. Panic land down here. It's like everyone is just panicking and worried, and just some of most of them being negative to a point. Um, you'll find the ones who just really don't care about. If there's a virus or not, they're saying it's a hoax and they're just going on about living life. And uh, yeah, you know, you'll get those ones, but the, most of the population is more concerned about it as well. But yeah, it's more, it's more like everywhere else in the world, a panic. So we'll see if they um be cool. They extended it till the 10th of May, so you can't really be out your house unless you're going for a light jog. You can't be in groups of five, etc., etc., etc. So, you know, standard. Yeah. They're talking about here uh, possibly maybe like next week, week after opening schools back up. But I think there's only a couple more weeks of school left anyways until summer break. 
So yeah. then it almost seems like why, why risk bringing everyone in for school for two weeks, you know, if it's already going to be done in two weeks anyways. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not an expert on that. Yeah. Also, what would be interesting is that, well, you know, I don't know if we're in Finland, I can't remember if we're in Finland. Well, you know, in Sweden, July is travel month mm-hmm. for everyone. That would be interesting if borders reopen, where everyone is going to go. I think for people stay in their country more. Yeah, and just hit the coastline or just hit yeah, cabins. Go, cam- go camping somewhere, you know. Yeah. But I think people would move around a lot in for the summer holidays in Ju- July, August. I think so. I don't know. It's interesting yeah, to interesting. see it has you. Yeah. I think Sweden so, yeah. Sweden will, will travel like normal. Yeah, that's a different country. They just they just passive and easy about everything. You know that. Uh, no, I think uh, I think it's funny because the rest of like the Nordic countries are all sitting here like, what what is Sweden doing? <laughs> They're <laughs> not following the rules. <laughs> yeah, because you think like like I feel like in most like ninety five percent of things the Nordic countries all kind of fall in line together of like what right. what's acceptable or what the the law is. Obviously, things differ some, but they all seem to be generally the same. And then on this yeah. one, like they all went here and Sweden was like, nope, we're going this way. Like keep living <laughs> like nothing's happening. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was interesting to see. And uh, I looked at the update yesterday for Sweden. Everything's going back to normal. They they haven't changed anything. Yeah, the, the World Committee probably put some pressure on them and they'll be like, they was like, okay, well then we'll close, just close our borders, but we just let our people roam free. Different country. <laughs> Because it's yeah. so it's so massive, people could afford to social distance by fifty kilometers. Oh yeah, there's so much forest up there to go to go <laughs> in. And then you could go pick mushrooms, and that's the vaccine. Did you? You're talking about Belarus um, still playing football. Did you hear what their president said? Was the uh, the cure to coronavirus? No, what, what he said. He he told his people to go out on their tractors. So that was the cure to Corona. <laughs> Crazy guy. So apparently, apparently, if you get sick, just jump on your tractor and you'll be all right. This will. I don't know. I don't know what to say again. It's interesting to see how everyone has a different approach to. You know, I think even Trump mm-hmm. said he's gonna probably they're probably gonna try to open up the economy middle of me or end of me or something that's like oh that's interesting it's getting yes. it's it's getting real political in the u.s with it because you have yeah. you have people um either wanting the economy to open obviously because they're not working they're like we need to provide for our families then you have other people that are like well you're gonna risk you know other people's lives by opening it and then you have other yeah. people that maybe aren't even concerned about the economy but they're just like this is america you can't put restrictions on me i'm free to do what i want and so it's really interesting to see kind of three different approaches to it all with their own belief system kind of fighting for what what they want so i don't i don't know but i see the protests on tv and on it's not looking like it's a happy place right now 
I mean, because if you look at we humans don't like to be, well, we're not supposed to be caged so long. So if you risk a further lockdown for more, you'll have a lot of uprising and you'll have a lot of businesses going totally out. So also that could be for a great depression and with a great depression, there's a revolution and you don't want that around the world right about now. So when, so even if you open up too soon as well, even, even it could also have a second wave, but you know, you have to pick your poison. You rather, okay, you open back up, you have some the economy kind of rebuilding and then you have a second wave, which, which one, which one is more, you know, which one is a less painful debt, <laughs> you know? I think, honestly, in my, my personal opinion, I think the worst thing out of anything would be open up, have like two, three weeks of getting, starting to move back to normal. It spike with, with the number of cases and have to go right back into lockdown. Because I think that would be just like mentally the, the hardest thing to go through. You know, if you're already in lockdown and it's, they add two more weeks, you're, yeah. it's not such a big difference, but if you start to taste freedom and then have it taken away again and you're back to lockdown, I think that's where people are going to be like, I can't do this, you know? Yeah. But not only that as well too, I mean, let's say they, ex- they keep extending and extending it and all that pressure is built up and then they kind of say, okay, right, it's cool, it's gone now. And then someone's into it, it still comes back up. <laughs> You know, then what? Then, then what? So, we don't know. We just have to see and prepare. Yeah, we're going to get five games into the season. It's going to come back in the fall. And then they're going <laughs> to shut down the season again. And we're going to have, you know, five games played and cancel the rest of the season or something. And then I don't know what you do at that point. Because now teams I mean, just you, lost so much. Bro, you go up north in the Arctic Circle and just play with Green Days until... The whole world sorts out itself, you know. Take a take a trip up to Lapland. Yeah, and just be away from everyone, and then you'll be fine. But yeah, I think that's moving forward. We will see how it is. So yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. It's unknown. It's interesting to talk about just because it's there's so many different. Uh, routes that it can go from here. Yeah. I just hope everyone comes back to to normal, what their, their version of normal. And uh, I hope the world fix itself. 100%, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I feel like that's it for the podcast. I appreciate you giving your advice, your, in, your insights into coronavirus and the effects on it's having on football around the world right now. So that good? I said, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your insights and thoughts on how coronavirus is affecting the football world and kind of the, the more long-term effects it might have on, on the football community as a whole. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure. I was, um, I always think forward as well, not just for now. What about how will it affect the kids, you know, certain clubs, because it's a, it's a world culture, you know, just like the government, football has a government also too. So you have to be concerned, not just at this moment, it's like, would it change the structure of the sport next five years? Or the way how sponsors sponsor football teams five years? Because they're probably saying, oh, 
let's invest in this club and next thing a pandemic come and we start needing money again and blah 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 and you know you always yeah. have to think down the road but not too far down the road so that you become overwhelmed but I hope everything ends out um even off so yeah it's always I good so. man all right yeah. thank you man appreciate it